All right. Well, welcome to the Rock and Roll Ghost Podcast. This week, we're honored to have uh, acclaimed actor, Mr. Eric Roberts, with us. Um, when you're watching this, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, the whole bit, and uh, check out all of Eric's movies. Go If you haven't seen some of the classics, you got to go back and see them. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm great. Thanks for asking, pal. I'm, I'm good, too. All right. Well, um, let's let's jump off with the fact that Damn, you work hard. You are the hardest working man in show. You have you have succeeded James Brown as the hardest working man in show business. I, I've read some interviews you've done where you've explained that you just love to play, to act. And, and but my God, your schedule is jam packed. It must be. Well, my schedule got kind of handed to me when they took away film. And they gave us digital and said, here's your format now. Then everybody bought a camera. So everybody became a studio. So then my wife was getting between eight and 30 offers every day because everybody was their own studio and they were calling for me. And so she said, do you want to do this? I said, sure, let's go. And we just started going from movie to movie to movie around the world until we, uh, we, uh, we, um, we had seen the world a couple of times for free, but what's honestly helped us keep my, my, my momentum are breakdown services. Do, do, uh, do you know about them? No, I'm not sure. Well, breakdowns are this whole thing that is sent to agents uh, and, and, and uh, heads of studios, and they're all the jobs for actors, and they're posted every five minutes on breakdowns, all the available jobs. And they okay. go to everybody from the heads of studios to managers to agents. They go to everybody who subscribes. Anyway, breakdowns are why Eric Roberts works so much. So I'm <laughs> I'm advertising breakdowns right now. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and so you're by by doing more, you're able to probably maintain probably a, a I guess in terms of lucrative in terms of money. A, a more success than maybe if you were just waiting for the occasional bigger film, I suppose. Well, uh, I I don't I don't work for the big payday, and also the big paydays are not what you'd expect. Yeah. Like I just got through the movie called Babylon, big budget, big stars. I play Margot Robbie's dad, Brad. Oh Pitt, wow! Blah blah blah. Big oh yeah, the the um, I forget his name, the 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 young kid's name. Amy and Giselle. Yeah. A Giselle, a genius. Anyway, um, uh, that movie did not pay well. No, there's a lot of big people in working. that movie. Working with Damien, working with Brad, working with Margot. It was cool. It was a great experience. It was a long shoot, uh, but uh, so so you know, you can't you can't expect money where you think it's going to be. You just right. have to keep on trucking. Well, but it's good that um, it, it's it's you know. Um, for me, as someone who's appreciated you, and I, I know that you blame some of your, um, uh, after uh, Runaway Train, you blame some of your issues on, on your drug use at the time. And that, that took away probably some of your, um, I guess your, um, oh God, I'm blanking on the word. Anyways. Momentum. Your, yeah, your momentum, your luster a bit. And and that's kind of you know it's 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 a shame because if that happened nowadays, 
people are more forgiving, aren't they, about, about you know, personal troubles like that? Uh, sure they are. But we're also in the age of reality TV. Everybody yeah. loves watching everybody else's car wreck. Back then, it was kind of not cool to do that. Right. Uh, times have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, but you still work, work a lot. You had a, you had a lot of good friends. I, um, you're, uh, you're, are you good friends with Stallone? Because he's cast you in a few, few of his things. He's a great cat. We have fun. Every time we work together, we have fun. He's one, he's one of the hardest working, most intelligent men I've ever been in a room with. I want you to know that. Yeah. Even though he's, you know, Rocky Rambo, he's still, he's his, he's his incredible businessman who's a yeah. really great leader. And I yeah. love when he's my boss. Yeah. And you were in, um, you were in a pretty damn good movie with a lot of good people. The specialist with him. Um, great. I got to work with Rod Steiger in that. Yeah. Fantastic, cool man. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was wild in that movie. And I just, just that cast was just insane though. I mean, at the time. Karen Stone, by the way, gets a bad rap. She's a cool lady. She's a really good actor. A lot of fun to work with. A lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. No, I, I didn't think, I didn't rap. think she, uh, I, I, I didn't realize she got a bad rap, but I, 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 I know that she was, she was really good in a lot of things. It's just that, I don't really know kind of what happened. You know, with some people, you just don't know why why people kind of end up frowning on them. And it's, for a long time, for me, it was a mystery with you because I didn't realize you had a drug problem in that time uh, until probably the last few years. Um, you know, when I read about, I was able to, you know, check up and, and read some stuff that you had done and you were, uh, there was a great Vanity Fair article with you that I that I read semi recently. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were there was a really good explanation of where things had gone. But um, yeah, and then then you did the Expendables with Stallone too, which was just this massive talent movie. Crazy Boys Camp, a lot of fun. <laughs> lot of um, fun. you know, and, and speaking of that movie, um, your one of your coast. Well, I don't know if you've. Had, I, I, it's been a while since I seen the Expendables, but. One of your co-stars in it was your co-star in Pulp is Mickey Rourke. Um, he was, uh, I remember when he was coming around with the wrestler that he was hoping that people would treat you with the same kindness that he was treated with when he, he made his return. And is he uh, still a friend, a supporter? Of course he is. And a lovely man, a great actor. In fact, he gives one of my favorite performances of all time. Did you see a movie called Barfly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, his performance in that still to, to this day is one of the top four or five performances of all time for me. Yeah. I just love that performance. Barfly. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you open Yeah, you got you gotta see all of all of uh Mickey's especially early stuff. Uh he's he's been one of my favorite actors for a while. He's another one on my my dream bucket list to talk to, but he's he's very He's very press shy, uh, quite frankly, but I, I keep trying. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Barfly is a hard one for me because Barfly and Raging Bull are two hard films for me to watch because um, I come from an um, alcoholic, addict, uh, abusive father. And sometimes some of those movies are a little too, you know, intense in terms of, you know, realism. And no, it's, 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 you know, honestly, a few years ago, it's the weirdest thing. When I was going through my separation and divorce, I called my father who I was estranged with. And 
though we're not on speaking terms anymore, it's one of those things where that call put everything, you know, behind, you know, and, and, and that was one good thing. But still, those some of those movies like Barfly and Raging Bull, they're they're just there's there's good movies, but man, they're not easy ones to watch. I they're think. rough, man. They are rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and and another one that, that is rough, and I I've it's weird to see Star 80. Like I said, I watched it uh, last night for the first time in probably 35 years. Wow. That is a completely different film than I remember it being. It was, it's, it's at once more intense, but I found myself uh, not identifying, but sympathizing with um, uh, your, your character. And um, why am I blanking on his name? Paul. Paul. I was going to say Neil. Paul. Um more than I would have ever remembered doing at the time. And I just remember being completely frightened by your performance in that film when I was a kid, as I probably should have been. <laughs> I'm very proud to be in that movie because you know Bob Fosse and Hal Ashby were my two idols as a young man. And I wanted to work with both of them, only got to work with Bob. But, uh, yeah. but, but of a Bob Fosse, it's an overused and abused word, but he was a genius. Yeah. And once you work with a real genius, you learn two things, that you're not one, and that they're very, <laughs> very, very unusual. And when you finally meet one, you go, oh, that's what that is. Oh, my God, that's what that is. Yeah. And he was one of those. And, uh, and he was, um, he was a genius. He had answers to everything he was doing. Yeah, and, and he was he was he was just phenomenal. And uh, and uh, I he's he's everything you know. As a child, when you grow up, you think everybody's going to be perfect as adults. They're going to all help you do what you have to do the way you have to do it. Right. And you very rarely meet somebody who is perfect at their job can yeah. take you and put you in your job and make your job even better. And he was one of those people. I mean, look at what he got out of Liza Minnelli. I mean, oh my God, he was a genius. And yeah. he just knew how to, how to make it work. And so even though I'm very proud of that performance, I also know I owe it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your memories, your first memories of approaching that role? Uh, thinking back now, were you were you nervous about tackling that subject matter? Or were you nervous about being able to pull off that character? I wasn't nervous about anything when I read it. When I read it, I thought, wow, what a cliche a-hole. I mean, yeah. what an unlikable cliche. I know this guy, uh, he's half the people I know are, are a lot like this, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking why are we doing this that's that that was my first impression then when i decided i had to really go for it because it's a bop bossy movie so i started to try to understand this guy and try to and then i realized this guy was all around me this guy was a dime a dozen this guy was not unusual and i realized a lot of my friends are this guy and i realized how really not a bad guy he was he just should never been allowed to have a gun but but he was he he just he was just foolish he was not oh my my wife says you know because you played him you defend him way too much <laughs> you you uh, you took care of him because he's your character 
Yeah. There might be some truth to that, but I just keep thinking if he hadn't killed her and himself, he would have been monetarily very successful off of what's the, uh, the male strip club? Um, Chippendales? Yeah, Chippendales. Yeah. He, yeah, he gave birth to Chippendales. And uh, he would have been monetarily very successful. He would have been fine monetarily. He would have been a big shot, as it were, which you always wanted yeah. to be. He would have been yeah. that. And, uh, but, you know, jealousy and, you know. Insecurity. Yeah, insecurity. It's so sad. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, th I think what was interesting about revisiting the film last night is the, the humanness you brought to the role. I don't think many people think about, because I had somebody, I put on my social media that I was watching the movie and, you know, somebody said, what just, what a you know what a creepy you know like uh guy you know he was and it's like yeah but you see him the way you it's so hard to describe this but do you see him struggling in your performance where he knows that he's going too far in moments and he's trying to hold himself back or trying to rein himself back in in moments and then, but the, the, it just keeps amping up in his head, the insecurity, the fear, the, the jealousy, the rage keeps, you know, amping up. And, you know, he put all of his attention into this one person without figuring that, you know, he should have been putting his focus on other things too, you know, and it's it just, a, it's such a human performance in the end. Thank you so I, much. Yeah, I, I, I would call it being so different. I've always ahead, considered sir. Star 80 to be the best docudrama ever made. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's why I'm so proud to be in it, because I think it is. Because you, uh, you think you're watching the actual story when you watch that movie. It's so good. And, yeah. uh, and I love how he worked and he edited with music in the film. I love how he incorporated it. It was, yeah. just, it was in and out of your mind, out of the picture, out of the movie, out of the story. It was so strong. Well, and it's still, it, for me, it still holds up. But I mean, I guess it's because I, I identify with that period growing up in it. You know, it's like, uh, it's, sure. it feels very of the time. And it's it's fascinating to look back at films from that era and to see how different, even just facial and body styles have changed so dramatically. Like the how people looked, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bared flesh and, and stuff in, in this in, in the screen, you know, just in, in like in the uh, the Playboy Bunny roller skating scene and such, you know, the guys with the you know hairy chests and the short shorts and stuff like that, and and stuff like that. And it's like we've we've come so to so such a different degree, and you could, but it's like you're looking at a piece of history just by somebody making a regular movie. It's not like a documentary even, and it's just I, I, that was one of the things that struck my mind is just how amazing like. You can see how human evolution in, in whatever term has changed. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's its own little time capsule, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's so many from that era. That, that was a very fruitful era where it was the stuff from the 70s were very auteur-driven, but starting to get towards a commercial edge, right. you know, uh, because of all the trouble that happened with uh, 
United Artists and stuff like that at the end of the at the end of the seventies. Oh, with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, apocalypse Heaven's now Gate. in Heaven's Gate, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a that's a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating movie. That's a uh, fun movie to watch, dude. Yeah, it's a wreck, but it's a fun wreck. Yeah. Uh, well, that leads me into something else. I, you know, and you've never said this, and I, and maybe you're not going to say it today. So I'm going to ask you because I tried scouring every ounce of the internet to find out uh, on Pope of Grange Village, the director wasn't that happy with your performance. I read, and you thought you're you thought you were going to have to leave the film, not the the final director. The the, the there was a first director apparently. And you went to Mickey and you guys went to the producers and whoever that director was got shit canned. Was that Michael Cimino? That was not uh, Michael Cimino. What happened was when that guy got shit canned, they said to me and Mickey, we had this list of directors. One of them is Mike Cimino. What do you think of him? And uh, we... uh, we hadn't heard about, uh, we, no, we had heard about Heaven's Gate by then. We heard about it. And uh, we heard about all the issues. And we both decided we didn't want anybody arriving with, with a bunch of baggage yeah. on top of our baggage, which was we were late starting because the first director got fired. Yeah. We already had a little baggage, so we didn't want to add to our baggage. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we, we declined working with him, both of us. Okay. And, uh, it was kind of, kind of a group. Oh, what do we do, Mick? I don't know. What do we do, Eric? Well, you want to work with him? Yeah, but not on this. It was yeah, like yeah. it was like that. So, do, have you ever named the original guy? Uh, I think it's kind of okay. I think it's kind of common knowledge. I think I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't. Uh, know. He he ended up in directing uh, Civil War dramas. Uh, um, docudramas for uh, Ted Turner. Okay, okay. His name, I think, his name is Ron Maxwell. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, yeah, okay. So what, it wasn't it, that, that that was that was what I wanted to kind of clear up that it wasn't Michael Cimino that was on the film for a bit and uh, it, then got fired. No, it, it was a possibility, maybe sort of. Is it going to happen? No. Okay, moving on. It was yeah. like. It, it, well, it, Mickey ended up working with him on Year of the Dragon, and that's a fantastic. Oh, yeah, they 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 uh, they like each other. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a that was a that was a wild. You have no. It, as a, sorry. I'm just seeing if, if Ron Maxwell. Oh, well, rings a bell to him. The picture of him. He he did. Yeah, he did Gettysburg and stuff. So you're right about the one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Um. Well, let's talk. I mean, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of your other stuff, but I because you know, Pope is another one of my favorite films. Well, what happened with uh, Pope to uh, to uh, tell you the story? Because I don't think it's talking out of school. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not pointing fingers. It's just giving others opinions. Uh, we had five days of rehearsal for that movie, The Pope. Yeah. Now I got offered that movie in January of that year, and I was sent the book and the script by uh, Koch and Kirkwood, the uh, then producers, they said, pick a part, Polly or Charlie. So I read the book, I read the script, and I pick Polly. 
Yeah. And I call them. I tell them I'm picking Polly. They said, great. We're going to go after Mickey Rourke for Charlie. Then I said, great. And they did. They got him. Okay. So that's January. Now I lose 30 pounds and I perm my hair. So by September, I've like dieted safely. I'm ready to go. And we start, we have our first rehearsal the last week of August and rehearsing five days and then we're shooting. Yeah. After the third day of rehearsal, the then director, Ron Maxwell, asked me to stay after rehearsal and talk to him. So I say, sure. So I do. And he says, why are you so skinny? I, <laughs> I want to be a walking spaz attack. He yeah. goes, okay. Why did you perm your hair? I said, same thing, walking spaz attack. And he looks really angry and he goes, what is a walking spaz attack? I said, you know, John Belushi, only skinny. He says, you know, this guy's a tough thug. He's a stupid, tough thug. He's even, you know, you know, you know, you know, described as big. And I said, yeah, I know. But I told the producers that I wasn't going to play him that way. I was going to play him you know, kind of an opposite kind of of that. I was kind of yeah, yeah. who wanted to be that, but wasn't. So he was kind of a joke on himself. And um, he said, well, I disagree with your interpretation. I said, well, what are we going to do about it? And he said, I'd like you to resign. I said, really? I said, well, I've been working on this part for almost nine months now. I said, let me think about it. So I walk around the block one time around the Mayflower Hotel. I think, wow, I've never been in this kind of predicament. I was in love with this character that I've created. And I'm told that I can't create him. So I go up to Mickey's room and knock on the door and I tell Mickey what happened. And Mickey and I call the producers and they hear the story. We're both on the phone and they fire that director and they bring in Stuart Rosenberg who directed a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have history being made. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating portrayal and it's it's so alive and you're, it's so uncomfortable of a performance, which I, I, to me, always kind of is indicative of uh, really good acting, you know, or even in this case, great acting, is that even when I watched that like a year ago again, it's so uncomfortable because you know this guy is a danger to himself and everyone around him because he cannot get the hint that he needs to settle down. And he's just, he's too eager. He's too eager and he's not smart enough to see the big picture. And, you know, as a kid, you know, they took my thumbs, Charlie. It's like, I couldn't even like, that was a shocking idea (laughs) for me at the time. You know, (laughs) like. (laughs) But it's shocking. It's shocking to, you know, take off a limb off a body. Yeah, yeah. And have the body still be alive. It is shocking. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, your comeuppance uh, at the end is, is great, too. Um, you, know. you know, we've always wanted to do part two, and yeah. we've been approached many times. And the last time we were approached, it was, we want to do part two, but your Mickey looks like a different person. Yeah. So I had a remedy for it, that it should open with me having gotten Mickey in horrible trouble over something as main character would be apt to do. Yeah. And he's being beaten to a pulp. 
So we open up after the beating with him in bandages. So he comes out looking like he looks now. Yeah. And so we explain it right away. Yeah, yeah. So we have no bump bump in the road of why he looks like a different person now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we so so we take care of that right away because you Mickey Rourke is one of our generation's great actors. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and we need to be on screen with him all we can. I I agree, and he's he's um, you know, you were one of them. I I grew up in a good generation, like you know, my the generation before me got De Niro and. Pacino and all them, but I, I got, you know, you and Mickey and Sean Penn and, you know, Nicolas Cage and, and, and those for me, my generation, for me, at least you guys are my, you know, acting kind of, you know, De Niro and Pacino and them are still up there too. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's just that, but you, you know, you were my generation of great actors. Oh, thank you, buddy. That is so nice to say to somebody because yeah. uh, I have such a strong feeling of, Three movies that happened in a row, The Conversation, Godfather 1, and Godfather 2. Yeah. My age, when those movies came out, and the way I was in as an actor, and the way I was as an audience, those movies kind of molded what I am, yeah, those yeah. three films. So uh, I understand exactly what you're saying to me. I yeah. Well, I, I've been a big film nut since I was a kid, and I would have you know, marathons. I could distinctly remember uh, New Year's Eve where I was at home and my mom was working uh at a restaurant you know overnight so i i spent the night watching the conversation oddly enough the godfather one and two and apocalypse now and then diner uh, ah, great movies all of them <laughs> yeah and yeah. to me to me that's one of my favorite new year's eves because i don't go out on new year's eve because i'm I, I don't like i don't like doing that stuff you know so to me, that's 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 a great New Year's Eve to watch great films. I'm with you, pal. <laughs> Avoid the drunk traffic. For sure, for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit. The you know, um, uh, Hard Luck Love Song is a movie that's coming up that you're in. Uh, I actually talked to Melora Walters, who's in it uh, recently as well. What can you tell me about about doing that film? Hard Luck Love Song. What, what can I talk about, Eliza, well, without, without giving stuff away? Well, I mean, it's okay, because the movie is about okay. and stuff, and, um, and the, the trailer and stuff. Um, just, you know, it has Donald O'Rooney, has an incredible cast. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, this, the, the soundtrack is what knocks me out the most about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a great soundtrack. It, you know... Um, you know, that was a fun role and you got to keep your hair long. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I play a lot of old guys these days because I'm an yeah. old guy. And uh, <laughs> when you play old guys, they want your hair short. Be it a lawyer, a doctor, a grandfather, they want your hair short. So yeah. that was one of the few movies I got to keep my hair. So, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they wanted a beard too. Hard Luck Love Song is, is, about, is, about, is about winning, is about love, life, liberty, and lots of money. Hard luck, love song. That's what, what, what's your role in it? Say so what? You play the bar owner. Yeah, no. My my wife is prompting me. You play the bar owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do so many damn movies. It's hard to keep track of them. I'm sure. No, I I I play the um, the. Um, 
the uh, the nucleus of everybody's needs. I'm, yeah. I'm the bar owner, and I'm gotcha. I'm a, I'm a symbol in this story, and uh, and uh, the uh, the story kind of happens around my world. So the, the the main character plays in the bar that you own. There you go. There, okay, excellent. How long were you on that on that shoot for? Do you remember that shoot? That shoot was a long shoot for those kind of shoots, and it was about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I uh, did you work with Melora at all? I, I forget what role. I she did, was. of course, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. she pl said she plays a bartender in the movie. Yeah, she kicks ass. Yeah, she's she's a very sweet lady. Yeah, she's a cool actor too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I there were so many movies I've seen her in. You, what uh, what other things do you have coming up that that people should know about? Honestly, well, you know the uh, the. Uh, Two things I am most excited about are, of course, Babylon with yeah. uh, playing in Margot Robbie's dad, but also this cool show called Righteous Gemstones on a Yes. And I play John Goodman's oldest friend who comes out of the woodwork and says, here I am, help me out. And uh, we're basically con men. <laughs> yeah. Men to the nth degree. And uh, only John Dre successful and uh, I, I I come back into his world in season two. Anyway, this show, this cast, this script, this crew, this location, everything is the most pleasure I've ever had working in my career. It's That's nice. Righteous Gemstones, HBO. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been waiting for uh, the, the next season to come up and then watching, uh, catching all up, on, catching up on all of them. Um, what what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to pretty much anything. I have a playlist that has anything from opera to something to stuff from this year that's on the pop chart. So, well, I have a gift for you. Okay, Keaton K E A T O N Simons S I M O N S. Keaton I'm speaking Simons. to him tomorrow. Well, he's gonna blow you away, dude. The guy is my favorite singer songwriter. I put him up on my website because I'm a fan. He's gonna blow you away. Well, I can't. I can't wait to talk to him. I'm e eager to do that. I. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's when I was offered both you and he. I'm like, well, I'll, yeah, let's let's do it. You know, I I like talking to people in general, even if I like if somebody like Keaton, I may not be as aware, aware of, you know, necessarily, and somebody like you, which I am uh, fully aware of. So I like I like finding out about people. Um, Good on you. He's on he's on tour right now with Brett Young. He just came off tour with Eric Clapton. He's oh, wow. Yeah, he's he's an he's an ass kicker, dude. He's good. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. And uh I'll I'll of course mention how proud of proud of him you are. Well, you, gotta, uh, you gotta you gotta get him you you have to get him because he's very humble. So you have to get him to a guitar riff for you because it's a thing to behold what he can do with his hands. It blows yeah. your mind, and he can just do it. He just—he's incredible. And uh, and he's and when when you're when you're in a room with him, it's like having a new toy. Ooh, ooh, like do this for me, and he can do yeah. stuff for you. He's this incredible, incredible musician, and and he's my favorite singer-songwriter. Wait to hear his stuff. He's, well, he's he's also your your stepson, correct? I, now that you mention it, I do kiss his mother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's, that's cool though. I mean, my son, my son plays music too, and I'm I'm very proud of him. But don't think this. No, 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 no. I get it. I get it. Anything I said because I wake up next to his mom. I'm crazy about his mom. His mom's really cute. His mom's really smart. I'm really. I've been married to her for <laughs> half my life. But this singer-songwriting kid, Keaton Simons, is unbelievable. Yeah. And I just can't tell you enough. It's not because I of, of how I know him. It's because I know him. Easy. Well, no. I, I'll I'll give you an example of how I understand that is that there was there are times my son sends me music and I'm like you know. I'm not really, I'm not really digging that necessarily, but there are times where he'll send stuff and I'm like, I mean, I would listen to that. You know, I would, I would, if that were commercially available, I would have, I would listen to that. So I absolutely understand there, there are times where you, you can see past family to recognize talent and, 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 you know, or genius or whatever the word, you know, you may recognize use. greatness. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, let, can I, can I talk a little bit about that? Um, with, you know, you have, you have one, uh, daughter, uh, Emma, who's acting as well. And then you have your, your two stepchildren. Uh, how, how has being a father been for you, uh, how have you, you know, it's, you've had some ups and downs in certain areas, but you know, how, how is being a father at this point in your life for you? Well, thank God everybody's grown up and everybody's really smart and everybody's really healthy and everybody's really, as it were, normal. And, yeah. uh, and I had nothing to do with any of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, the, uh, the moms you know, did a great job and, um, here I am to, uh, to, um, to get all the glorious fallout. I, I, yeah. I have no complaints about anybody who ever did anything. I love them all incredibly. They, they all are much more than I deserve. And, uh, and I'm a fan of all of them. And uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a really fun to watch my daughter's work, to listen to my stepson's music and to eat my stepdaughter's food. I mean, right. and I do all three pretty much every day. Yeah. So, and that's a fact. And yeah. uh, so that's my life. In fact, you, you, you may or may not find this amusing, but I, uh, I told my wife after about four months of lockdown, I yeah. said to my wife, you know, I lived in lockdown before lockdown, didn't I? And she goes, yes, you did. Thanks to me. And, and because you know, she takes care of everything. Yeah. I have to do nothing except my homework and the gym and my homework and the gym. That's what I do. And and I do lots of homework and lots of gym, but that's what I do. And well, I realize I, I she she she's given me a life of comfortable lockdown. Yeah. And uh, I only realized when everybody else was complaining, but the only difference, you know, for me was I had a mask. Right. So so I and I I I have a great life, buddy. I love my No, I, I can imagine, but I, I would also imagine by what you're saying, and, and you know, and I, I feel like sometimes maybe I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar vein that you're somebody that needed structure. Just uh, to, to, yeah, structure, organization, to, uh, to, uh, to put it all in place yeah. so it would give birth to itself yeah. as opposed to just cause chaos. Yeah. yeah. And, and did you find that you had trouble doing that on your own? Well, the thing is, 
agents don't do anything for you because they're not agents because they wanted to ever be agents. They're agents by default. They wanted it to be something else. They failed and they became agents. So they're not happy people. So they don't love your success when it happens. They, they don't have time to like, you know, like pick you up when you fail. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be their jobs anyway. So that's who you're dealing with on a regular basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. That's who you're dealing with. So, so uh, when you find somebody who gets you, gets what you do, understands everything, you give it to them. So I made her the boss. I made her my manager. Yeah. And uh, it's been great ever since because I do all the stuff I want to do. I do, I do little bitty things. I do studio things. I do everything from, uh, from, uh, from a student film to Dark Knight because my wife is the boss. And if I just had an agent, that wouldn't happen. Right. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great, though. I mean, I, I, I can appreciate that you're so willing to kind of give yourself over to, you know, that, that being a necessity and that being um, a thing that actually helps you, in, in, you know, in the end and recognizing that it, it helps. Well, it's just, I've seen this planet. And I realized firsthand, and I have the best job on this planet. And, and I know that. Yeah. So all I can do is ask for more. And uh, so I do. And my wife organizes it so we can get it done. Yeah. And uh, we have a great life. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you, I was asking about being a father. You're also a grandfather now. How's, how's that? Yeah, who knew? I have two grandchildren. I have a, I have a, I have a brand new grandson, Rhodes, and uh, I have a two and a half year old granddaughter, uh, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's yeah. how fitting. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. It was not because of any of that, but yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and and uh, Georgia is 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 who's. Uh, Whose child? Morgan's Morgan's oldest child. They're having another child next year. Uh, she she and her wife April, and uh, and uh, they live across the street and one block down. Oh, that's that's nice. It's good to have. So kids so, so we're we're open doors for the granddaughter. Yeah, sure. That's great. That's great. Um, and you know just and you know I I, I just want to say that because of following you know, the stuff through the years, I want to say that it was very heartening to hear that you were able to reconcile with both Emma and, and your sister, uh, Julia, uh, you know, a while ago now. And that's great. That's great that you're able to have those relationships again. I, I think it's so hard with family when you're, when you're not uh, on the same page, you know, and I've had that in my family where, you know, you're not on the same page and, and it creates a lot of tension. Um, and so I just wanted to say that it's it's nice for me to know that, you know, that's still a, a positive thing for you. Oh, very, very. Thank you so much. Well, look, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I did want to touch on a couple other things. Um, sure. One role I absolutely loved you in, and boy, I after seeing it, I thought, why doesn't this guy have his own show or a spinoff of this character was when you were on justified with Timothy Oliphant. Uh, that was a, that's a killer episode. You were just so 
damn smooth and cool as hell in that role. Uh, what what do you remember about about that episode? I remember working with Timothy and loving every minute of it. He's such a fun guy to work with. He's such a cool cat. Uh, that was, I remember being very cold shooting that episode and uncomfortable. Uh, I don't remember why specifically. I'm just I'm just going through my memory of it. Uh, but I remember being un, uncomfortable and unhappy physically. But yeah loving being around him he was just a yeah. great cat and as an actor it's so much fun to be around other actors of your ilk and he's like me he acts like me he drinks coffee like me he's unpretentious like me he's a cool guy i just i'm just comfortable with him and uh yeah and he does his homework which i appreciate the hell out of <laughs> yeah 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 it was just it was such a right when that episode popped up i'm like it was just so cool to see because there's some other good, uh, good, um, I guess, cameo, you know, episode like Carla Gugino um, shows up as her Karen Cisco character from the TV show at one point in, in an episode. And that was cool. And um, she's also in, in that, you know, that character was also in the Elmore Leonard world. So um, that was, it's just a really cool episode. And I just thought you were just badass in it in particular what, what didn't, I, what, didn't i do an arc what i in several episodes of that no you were just in one because you ended up getting shot in one episode i got shot <laughs> yeah <Damn that happens. laughs> i know you weren't killed thankfully that's why i was oh. hoping maybe you'd come back but uh it was also towards the end of the series i believe if i if i recall but that's a show i watch once every couple of years quite frankly because i love it so much so yeah, uh, that's I always like a fun it. one and, and you know the other one and you mentioned it earlier for god's sake you're in one of the biggest movies ever made the dark knight yeah <laughs> that, that, that was lovely, cool. man. you know you know you know what happened with that it was weird um i heard they were casting for it the dark knight well, I'm a, I'm a chris chris nolan so i Call my agent. I said, whatever I want to do, I want to be in that movie. Whatever I can buy. I blah, blah, blah. said, well, um, they're 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 looking at you for um, what's my character's name? Um, oh, the, I the gangster. The gangster. Um, yeah, you you were the guy that hired Joker to uh, take out Batman. Uh, Bernardo. Uh, no, no. I, I missed the first uh, one. Dark Knight. The uh, oh, Sal Mar Maroney. Yeah, Maroney. Uh, right, they, right. They're casting for Maroney. I went. And I auditioned for that part. Yeah. And I read. Uh, it was a very long reading of several scenes. I did a bunch of reading on camera. And then, like, four months passed. And I'd done other movies and other stuff, left town, blah, blah, blah. Totally forgotten about it. So, yeah. I, you know, just, I, just, I just assumed I didn't get it. Okay, moving on with my life. And right. uh, they call, oh, yeah, by the way, that audition... You got Sal Maroney. We'd like you to start blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, I'm available. And yeah. uh, running, of course. And uh, the, the, uh, the really cool thing about making that movie uh, that uh, the, the, the people don't realize is they said we're going to shoot it at the Pinewood. All the, all the Chicago stuff was in Chicago. And they're going to shoot all the, all, the, all, the, all the Gotham City stuff in Pinewood. Yeah. Only that was a lie. We didn't shoot in Pinewood. We shot at the old Zeppelin hangar, which was only a hangar for like five years at the turn of the 20th century. Yeah. And it's this 
huge place, about three football fields wide, three stories tall. And if you're a movie geek, it's heaven because you walk in, it's all Gotham City. It is yeah. so cool. And that's yeah. where we shot the movie. And uh, it was it was a movie geek's heaven. And, yeah. um, and, it, and they had little, little private dressing rooms on the lot on, on, on uh, it was just, it was incredible. And uh, it was really heaven for an actor. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm really thankful that he made me a part of that process. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's another one. It, that movie is so chock full of great actors. Um, and and the, for you to be a part of that was really cool, I thought. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what, what, what kind of other things are on the horizon? You, you, you're talking about Babylon. Like you're, you're shooting something today. What, what could you tell me about what you're shooting today? I can't talk about what I'm doing today, but uh, uh, Babylon, you know, we just wrapped. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Righteous Gemstones, when does when, when, when season two air, honey? Uh, starts January 4th. Season two starts airing uh, January 4th. And uh, that's me and John Goodman. And uh, and so those are my big steps, you know. Those yeah, yeah. And then Hard Luck Love Song, which we talked about, is coming out in the middle of October. I saw, so that yeah, could be cool to see you in. Well, um, wait till you hear the music. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm eager to see it because I like the cast. The guy that plays the lead was on a, a Amazon show. I really liked um, that. I'm forgetting the name of right the now. Lead, that actually, the lead in what? The lead in what? Hard Luck Love Song. Oh yeah, so um, so it's Laura and then uh, Bush, Sophia Bush. No, no, it's the lead, the lead uh, guy. Oh, the lead, oh, that guy is so great. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I saw, I saw the uh, like an ad on Facebook for, it, and I'm like, well, that looks like a really cool movie, and you know, now I'm talking to two people from it, so that's awesome. Uh, well, Eric, I, you know, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you guys got got to shoot, and I don't, you know, want to you know, take true too much of your time, but I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to me. It was a real pleasure, dude. Really, truly. And maybe we'll get to talk again at some point. Um, and just to let you know, I'll send uh, the link when it, when it goes up to Eliza, as well as the interview with Keaton. I do. I'll send that as well. Cool. I'd love to see that. Yeah. And um, again, thank you very much for your time. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Peace out, dude. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. you.